0: Chance on here. Polisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Polisic for Chelsea. 1 0. Quick thinking by Alisson. And it's Salah that missed it. Still Salah. Salah! Gets his goal against Manchester United. Steals all three points for Liverpool. And they're through again. It's Drover again. so long, two strikes as quick as lightning.
1: The Ghost Goal Podcast. Those mad bastards actually did it. Manchester United have brought back the legend that is Cristiano Ronaldo to the Premier League. He's a little older than the last time we saw him on uh, English soil, but he still packs a punch up front, scoring not only plenty of goals for Juventus, but scoring two late goals today, uh, the day we're recording against uh, my home nation of Ireland, to uh, completely end our World Club chances. I'm Alex, here with Javier for the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 318. It's uh, the day after the Premier League and most of Western Europe's transfer deadline day. Uh, so we're here to mostly focus on the major signings that were made uh, yesterday, and you know, basically since last time we recorded. Javier, uh, you uh, happy overall with Arsenal's transfer window? You guys, I think, have officially spent the most money of uh, any team in England. Uh, you got the deadline day signing of uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu from uh, Bologna. Uh, how are you feeling? Let's ignore the, the weekend result for now. Uh, transfers, transfers. Focus on the transfers.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of Arsenal spending the most money this window. Um, and if anything that proves that we're still a big club that i don't think that there's many teams that could have done made some of some of the horrendous decisions that arsenal have made in the last few years um, namely giving Ozil that huge contract you know basically getting rid of alexis for nothing bringing on deadweight players like you know mustafi and kolasinac and william david louise Mikatari and just numerous other players on huge wages that ended up, you know, now have having left the club, um, and now still being able to spend 150 million in a summer after, you know, now we haven't had Champions League for this is going on the fifth year, so Arsenal's still a huge team, and obviously we still have resources and and things that can push this team to the next level. Am I happy with like how the transfers have been? Remains to be seen. I'm happy with the profile of player we've signed, which is not what 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 I, what I said in the last few years we've been doing, which is, you know, signing old players, veteran players from teams, thinking that we can use them as stop gaps. We're going for young players. Everyone we signed this window is under the age of 24. You know, Tavares is a backup. Lukaņga's well, probably going to be a starter this year. You know, almost assuredly. Ben White.
1: You got a lot of players and you needed them. It's that, That's for damn sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the the deadline day signing Tomiyasu in a little bit because we'd be a pretty shitty Premier League podcast if we didn't start off this episode talking about a, an historic event in the Premier League, a, a historic event in football that both Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo have left their clubs in the same summer and moved to different leagues. Uh, We've we mentioned Messi obviously before, but this Ronaldo signing popped off last Friday. It wasn't a long trans- transfer saga. Uh, it started with all Manchester City fans thinking uh, he was going to come in, and then flipped on its head within five hours of that. And Man United had him back. So it, it for was me, a it, doesn't coaster, to say it doesn't change. It doesn't
0: change that much for Manchester United.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll get. Oh, come, come on, man. Let's, it let's, doesn't. Let's, let's maintain some sort of you know mystery and some sort of like illusion of grandeur for a little bit, because this is like look at this on the the grand level on a larger level. a big level, deal for the Premier on a league.
0: nostalgia level and and on uh, eyes on the league level. Sure, it's huge, but I think it's being a little bit overblown as well in the sense that you know the the Ronaldo experiment didn't work at Juventus. How's it going to work two, two years after two years older now? On a, a team that de- three years on, he's been there three yeah, years on a team that demands more than Juventus does, you know, on on in a team that's still arguably the biggest team in the world. So I I well well I think it's a great move to sell shirts and to make money and for for hype and nostalgia and everyone thinking this is all going to be fun and games with Ronaldo. But I, I I don't I don't see it changing Manchester United's fate or their stature or,
1: Listen, Javier, just because your team is down in the dumps doesn't mean that everyone else's team is super, you know, pessimistic now, and Maybe you know, maybe in like a knockout tournament. United fans are excited yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, in this. a knockout
0: tournament, sure. Maybe in like the Champions League or something. United could go deep with the, with the team that they have, but I think in terms of the Premier League, they're not going to win a, a the Premier League with with Ronaldo be, leading the front line, you know. I think if he's taking away minutes from 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 Marcus Rashford or from uh, you know, Martial or or uh, no, no no Greenwood or, or or Greenwood or Sancho. It's Greenwood. Yeah, any of those players though. You want all of them playing ahead of Ronaldo? Technically, if you're a United fan and you want your your no, young players, not Martial. To, yeah, maybe not Martial, but
1: and you don't want Rashford as your center forward. He's not proven he can play there yet. He's better on the left wing. So it's it's pretty much they were going into the season with only Cavani and then. They hoped that Greenwood could kind Poor of get him the natural. He was
0: willing to stay another year for them, and like now they they've really just kind of shafted yeah, him there. But, but let's I'm sure be honest he's, with he's Cavani not.
1: he's not he's not playing thirty plus league games. Yeah,
0: and nor is yeah, that's Ronaldo. Not, that's not going to happen. Nor is Ronaldo.
1: So right, but with both of them, that's who knows. It gives them a bit more depth to challenge on multiple fronts. But I do have to put this into context because as I mentioned, uh, Thursday night of last week, going into Friday morning. There were all these rumors swirling that Ronaldo had, you know, just put his foot down with Juventus. He told them he's not playing for them this season. They they better sell him. Uh, and the first name and the only really realistic name that popped up was Manchester City. They'd obviously had been linked with Harry Kane, and that looked like it fell through. And it, it seemed like all the other like it really major just European came out of powers nowhere. Could, that could afford yeah, him, out of nowhere. that could afford Ronaldo, uh, weren't really in there. It seemed like Manchester United had already sort of, you know blown their load for this uh, transfer window, spending a hundred plus million already on other players. And then on Friday, middle of the day, uh, while we're all working uh, over a four or five hour period, uh, it's Rio Ferdinand, Sir Alex Ferguson and Patrice Evra even made some calls and uh, convinced Ronaldo to come sign for United. And it looks like they've done that. It It's not a big uh, transfer fee in and of itself, obviously, because he's 36 years old, but he's going to be on very high wages. We don't have the official numbers for those yet, but uh, it's. I understand why they had to do it. You, You can't let Cristiano Ronaldo go back to Manchester City, and I don't even know how legitimate that was because I don't think that would have been a perfect fit either. Like Cristiano Ronaldo is not fitting into uh, Pep Guardiola's system as the center forward if Sergio Aguero doesn't. It's the same kind of problem with you're not going to get any pressing out of him. You're going to have to have his teammates do the work for him in that regard. But at Manchester United, where in the past three years at Juventus, Juventus brought in Ronaldo to sort of you know raise their chances of taking that next step and winning the Champions League. And it obviously didn't work out that way. But they obviously made the mistake of trying to shift their whole team focus towards a more possession-heavy, high-press style. They hired Maurizio Sarri, won the league with him, but disappointed in the Champions League. They hired Andrea Pirlo. He was supposed to carry on that sort of uh, progression of the Juventus squad from a defensive low-block team uh, in the previous years under... uh, Why am I forgetting his name? He's the manager there now. Allegri. Allegri. Yeah, it's... it's To uh, playing this, uh, you know, the more modern football, modern attacking, high tempo football, you're not playing that style with Cristiano Ronaldo at this point in his career. So now he goes back to Manchester United. I don't think anyone is under any illusions that United are going to try and play that way. They've been a pretty effective counterattacking team. uh, And their main problem is in those games where they're not able to counterattack because other teams are, you know, lesser teams, worse teams than them are just going to give them the ball. They've needed someone with the instincts in the box to to, to get that goal that they need when it's nil-nil in the 70th minute. And yeah, Cavani is very effective at that. But you know who's even more effective at that? Cristiano Ronaldo. And he, he proved it today against Ireland. <laughs> he absolutely tore my heart out and just showed it to me. So I, I think it can work. I, I'm still not picking them for the league, but it's abs- for me they're they're ahead of liverpool now and they were not ahead of liverpool uh, before that signing do you think that's fair at least or do you still would you still say i mean i had them liverpool i had them in third
0: favorite. i i still have I, again it doesn't change for me i still have them in third place i i still get i think they'll get high 70s low 80s in terms of points and that's not going to be enough to it'll be still in the title conversation in march but by the time business end of the year comes around united have a really hard schedule these next 2 months and then their christmas is extremely easy so i think they're after their christmas their january round, rounding into february they're going to be in the title conversation but come the end of the year they're going to fall off um and they're not going to actually be contenders but you know they'll be pretend contenders the ones who last till february or march and maybe that's liverpool will be around that there as well finished second
1: last year yeah. They they were but second, I think like like firmly. Ahead I think of Chelsea. Chelsea and
0: City will push themselves enough that it'll it'll be a really really high point total. You know, high eighties, low nineties, in order to win the title. So, doesn't change for me too much for United, other than maybe it gives them a little bit of an extra push in that title race. Um, you know, maybe they can last a little bit longer. Who knows? I want to see what they what, look what like about with the Ronaldo. The intangible side of it. I don't know. I don't know how like how his ego and how much he's going to demand from the rest of the players and how that's going to meld well. I mean, all that we've heard from the United camp is that there's a lot of gr- groups and cliques and that things aren't what they used to be. So, I don't know. I don't know if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer I don't know where you're hearing that. I don't know if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is... Alexis Sanchez. I don't know if Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is... Uh,
1: Alexis Sanchez, who left two years ago?
0: Yeah, but I don't know if he is has a big enough, you know coaching pedigree or mentality to be able to, I mean, they were teammates once. I I don't know if that, um, you know, if that, if that's going to affect how, how things are. And the, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the intangibles. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be
1: the intangible side of it for me, I think is probably the most significant part because where the sort of general opinion of Ronaldo seems to be that he's, you know, self-centered, Arrogant, like I can understand why, you know, at a glance, that's how people would view him. But whenever you hear from any of his teammates from the past, whether it's Manchester United or his, his prime years at Real Madrid, yes, he does have the arrogance that you need from a goal scorer and frankly, from you know, anyone that you would consider the, the best of their position or one of the best players of all time. But it's never been like to the detriment of the team. He he understands that he needs his teammates, whatever team that may be, to to win games and win trophies. And there's not many players of his of his stature in the history of the game that have won as many of the trophies as he has over as long of a time span. Like we've been talking about Ronaldo and Messi, they've been pretty much at the peak of their careers since we're in high school. <laughs> we're near our 30s now. Like <laughs> that's that's a long ass time to be at the very very top of the game. I think there's a whole intangible side to this, where Ronaldo comes in, all of these kids, even the players that are, you know, in their prime themselves and aren't considered young, promising players anymore, a lot of them obviously look up to him, and they're going to see how he prepares for games, how he trains, how long he stays after, and it gets how early he gets there to, to prepare, and... Th- Someone like Mason Greenwood, I think this might be one of the the best signings in terms of like how you're molding your goal scorer and and, and center forward of the future. It could be a, a yeah, huge a great, sign for him and great, for for Marcus Rashford. It's a great point. It's, it's, it's a really big deal. And it's not something that you can just sort of sum up in terms of like goals and who's taking penalties or free kicks or something like that. And that, that will have an effect. But there's more than just what you look at at first glance with Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of the impact he's going to have on Manchester United. So, I mean, as a, as a football fan, I'm, I'm excited to have him back. Uh, I'm not excited after, as I already mentioned two or three times already, he just tore my, ha- my heart out for my national team. He's, I'm expecting him to do something like that to Chelsea this season. Uh, which brings us to Chelsea. There was a lot of rumors. I think we mentioned on a previous pod, like a couple of weeks back, that uh, Chelsea were going to be wrapping up a deal for Jules Kounde, a uh, centre back slash right back from Sevilla. Uh, that did not go through. Uh, Sevilla ended up demanding the release clause be paid for him, which was something like seventy million. And Chelsea, we weren't desperate enough to pay that, so. Instead, they turned their eyes to uh, Saul Niguez from Atletico Madrid for some midfield depth. He's a center midfielder, Spanish center midfielder, who uh, has been one of Atletico Madrid's better players over the past half decade, I would say, was part of teams that went to Champions League finals and have uh, been very frustrating to break down and hardworking. So he, he fits the mold of the what this team is kind of looking for in midfield, someone that is uh, very talented on the balls. My best comparison for him, I would say, is that the role he's going to play in this Chelsea team is going to be like Mateo Kovacic's role, except just imagine if Mateo Kovacic could shoot. Imagine if Mateo Kovacic had a goal threat. That's what Sal Niguez brings to this squad. It's only it's only alone, and I'm not sure how often he's going to play right off the bat. But if he settles in and you know. Uh, yeah, I would, have been, I would have been freaking out if
0: we signed him permanently. So,
1: the fact yeah, that you guys it, it's got him a as a depth op- signing is an just, it, it's,
0: its another fuck you, city depth move where you guys are just like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we have this fifty million double La Liga winner, you know, who's been trained to be a defensive god by Simeone. We have him as a backup. You know, probably can break into our first team. If he does break into our first team, we'll sign him permanently. So. You got to think I have a pretty good price on him. I think 40 45 million something like that. So
1: Yeah, and he's someone that uh, I would not be surprised if he may even be starting in our team. Oh, yeah. come the end of the he, season. He absolutely could. Because one of the main reasons that I think a lot of Chelsea fans were were kind of interested in uh, us going out and getting some depth for center midfield is cuz just last weekend in the uh, the 1-1 away at Liverpool, Ngolo Kanté had to come off with an injury at halftime. And, uh, you know, we brought on Mateo Kovacic, and that's fine. And we brought on Thiago Silva, so we still had the the fuck you depth. But there were, I think N'Golo Kante has only played something like 46 league games for us since that Europa League final where he played injured uh, against you guys. He's had some injury problems since then. So I, I think the intention is to try and save him for the biggest games of the year, like that Anfield game and... You know, have Jorginho, Kovacic, and Saul play most of the other games. We may not need someone like uh, N'Golo Kante for a game at Burnley, you know? We can play someone like Saul Niguez in that midfield spot. He's, he's actually versatile enough that I've seen uh, Diego Simeone play him at left or right wing back, and he's, he doesn't like playing there, but he's a selfless enough player and a hard-working player that he'll he'll put his own uh wants aside and do what's necessary for the team. So, I'm really excited to have him. He's got a he also, he also has a great goal highlights compilation. Uh if you go check out the goal he scored against uh, Bayern Munich in the Champions League, it was a beautiful solo goal where he dribbled through like four or five players and then slotted it in the bottom left corner. So, I'm very excited to have him on the team. We can come to Arsenal now, Javier. If you want to talk about your window as a whole, go ahead. But I do want to talk about Takahiro Tomiyasu, the uh, Japanese right-back slash center-back that you guys signed from Bologna. 22 years old. I think you got him for $17 million. It's a nice signing. I think you guys needed a right-back after you know the recent Cedric performances we've seen in that 5-0 against City and the 2-0 against Chelsea.
0: Yeah, please, God, no more Cedric anymore. Thank you, Tomiyasu. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to come right into the team. Um, I've... Been reading good things about him. I've I actually had seen him play a few times before, um, for Japan as well as for Bologna, and he did stand out on both of those teams. So um, I think we're getting a, a good young right back who can grow into this role um, and who can probably be molded into something that Arteta wants. You know, Arteta got his signings. He got a bunch of players that he wanted for different roles. I don't think he got every player he wanted but he did get some 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 good players out that he good players or bad players out the door that he wanted out players like William, like guendouzi you know like mustafi like uh, somehow colossus is still on the team but there's, there's a week left of turkey so i still have hope on that one and you and me both yeah maybe
1: ross barkley wants to live in turkey i don't know but just an idea
0: as a whole, I don't know if it's enough to to push us back into the, you know, e- top six, which is ideally where we we no. need to be right now. You know, if we need to get no, get back into the top six, obviously after this start losing five 0 to City, it's not a lot of positives to take. Other than there, there, there's no we're we're at rock bottom. The only place we can go from here is up, like. Unless we actually lose to, to these next couple of games which we have against Norwich and Burnley, then then maybe 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 there's there's yeah, a f- I was further about to down. Say, I've the heard
1: hole. that a couple times. I've heard that a couple times from Arsenal fans. Like the only way is up. And I'm like, I don't know, if there's further down. Like no, you can no, get no, relegated. No, no. That that is a possibility. No, that's not like happening, this is the NFL.
0: Yeah, you don't spend 150 <laughs> million hundred and fifty mil and number get relegated. one draft pick. We're too big know, for that, guys, Alex. Uh, we're too big. We're not leads, Alex. We're not going to get relegated. Listen,
1: I'm just trolling you, but the the notion that the only way is up is is just ridiculous because it's it's not okay. Guys... But like
0: in these first three games, we haven't had our starters. Uh, Xhaka being suspended for three games for that red card, which by the way, granted, Xhaka, go fuck yourself, dude. Like you didn't want to be on the pitch. You were dreadful. That red card. I mean, I don't think it was a red card, but you can't it was it, it, it's more for what for who you are that red card is because of who you are um and i don't know why we resigned was, was that him.
1: at 2-0 yeah that was 2-0 right nil. when yeah. that happened you could tell you, just by his body language and his reaction the team had already given up at that point you, you, you could tell that he was just like i'm done with this like i don't want to be out here for this anymore and if i if i was an arsenal fan which thank God I'm not, but I would have been done with him years ago. And I still can't believe that you guys as fans keep giving him chance after chance, let alone the manager and you know, the upper management. Well, We're forced to, cause we have to see him play. So like it, it should have been, it should have been over from the moment he took the armband off, like threw it down and told the fans to go fuck it, fuck themselves. Like that, that's, that's it. <laughs> like you're done with, with our club. If that, that ever happens at any other club. But I think it's two years later from that, and he's still pulling shit like this. Um, so, I, the one criticism I do have of your transfer window is that I, I don't see too many seasoned veteran pros. I, I know you mentioned it early on in the pod that you're, you're sick of all the the... You know, old over the hill players like William, like David Louise. Yeah, I don't want them. I don't want any.
0: Se- I don't want any season veteran. But pros. this team
1: is in. But this Arsenal team, I think, is in desperate need of some leadership. And the current senior pros that you guys have, the Aubameyangs, Lacazette, Zaka, uh, <laughs> Bernd Leno, uh, Rob Holding, th- those players, who've been there for a good number of years. They're obviously not good enough, and you have plenty of promising youngsters. I will not fault you for that. You've bought and identified players that some I like more than others, but they're, they're all the same kind of profile, and it's a good profile, especially of a team that's you know look on the outside looking in at Champions League and European football overall. But you do need some leadership to prevent those players from being tainted with the stink of losing and being mediocre. Yeah, I
0: kind of think Arteta's done. The job of butchering the the most of the trash out the door, and you know, while I don't agree with you know sending player a player like Saliba on loan, he seems to be like a type of profile that we wanted to play with this season. You know, I I think if a, a manager with a big personality and a lot of leadership comes in, they could completely change the way this team looks. You know, I think the team is going to be moldable in the future for whoever comes after Arteta. If we get a good manager that the base is there like this team has arguably the most potential in the league considering you know uh, teams who, who, who've are, who are already reaching their potential so for, like untapped potential I feel like Arsenal well, has clar- the most. clarify
1: that <clears throat> okay so teams that are underperforming the most yes. right now your team has see I would disagree with that I think Wolves have the most potential we can get to them in a minute but yeah uh, uh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Wolves uh, of their entire first team. I, I still team, think you guys, Arsenal. We don't. You guys are like. There's so many desperate. players. There's
0: so many. Like we haven't seen Lokonga and Party in midfield. You haven't seen uh, uh, the the a full front line and, and our back our back line has never been close to be fit. Once you see Ben White and Gabriel partner up with you know Tierney and and Tomiyasu at right back. Then tell me that like how much potential we have right now. It's it's difficult to like gauge how good or bad Arsenal really are. Of course, you're gonna say we're complete shit right now. We might get relegated, but like if we just blow away Norwich and Burnley with our first year, I'm not gonna be like freaking out. But if we do go and beat Spurs, you, right? You should
1: be expecting to yeah. Beat those but teams.
0: if we do go and beat Spurs, which is the game third game after that, then you know I'll, I'll have a, I'll have some faith in, in in what we can do. Let's see if we can get that far. So
1: okay. That's fair. All right, you're maintaining some semblance of hope. Uh, I'll I'll give it to you. You're sitting you're sitting in twentieth place right now with what like a minus three goal difference minus or sorry minus eight goal difference nine what is it now
0: yeah something like it must that must be nine it's pretty bad you
1: can see two to Brentford two to us and five five at City yeah it's minus nine, ooh you guys are lower than Norwich. It's going to be a hell of a relegation six. I guess it has to be and mentioned. Can't wait.
0: Tottenham finished the league first in first place and Arsenal in 20th for the first time ever. 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 Ever.
1: That's insane. Like, (laughs) very few times have I been lost for words on this podcast, but, you know, after three games even, and I know that's, you know, you don't look at the table after until 10 games, I think we usually say. But for three games in that to that to happen is it's still it's unprecedented. This has been going on for more than a hundred years, and this is the first time we've seen something like this between uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. So uh, the the rest of the transfers and there are a lot to talk about because the Premier League as a whole was very busy on deadline day. I want to focus this down a little bit. We can we can talk about most of these transfers, but give me a team for you, Javier, that since the last time we recorded has done. The best business, other than the ones we've already talked about.
0: I, th- I think Crystal Palace for me. Their two signings that they made, you know, near deadline Are they day. Still
1: relegation, relegation no,
0: fodder. No, I, for me, getting Odson Edouard, the uh, young French striker, who was on Arsenal's radar for the last couple of years. I would have honestly been happy if we had signed him from Celtic. You know, he was only thirteen mil. He wouldn't have. He would have been a low price. You know, low risk, high reward type of signing, and I think he's the type of player who, on Crystal Palace, he wouldn't have gotten a ton of game time with Arsenal, but on Palace, he'll probably start every game. If there's a type of player that I can compare him to, he's very much like Lacazette. You know, he's got good hold up play, he's quick. He's a good finisher.
1: He's got a he's got a bigger build than Lacazette, though.
0: No, just similar bulky build, but he's quick for no, his, no, for I, his I'm size. I'm agreeing with
1: you, but I'm saying like on top of that, he is also a, like a pretty physically like built guy. He's like a proper yeah, I center think, forward target man. I think he'll, he'll be man. better
0: than much better than Benteke ever was for Crystal Palace, you know. So, I think it's a signing that Palace fans can be excited about, and he's the type of signing that I think could keep a team like Palace up. You know, if he gets 10, 11 goals. Um, and then they also signed will Hughes who's I thought he was a pretty good player for Watford when he played in the Premier League for them a couple of years ago. He was always one of the better players on the ball um, you know in midfield and definitely had a tendency to get a red card or two but he's uh, he's a player who you can rely on to get you some goals and get some creativity in your team so some good signings overall from Palace. I mean, once they get that 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 Gahey and um, Anderson center back pairing going, as well as Edward up front, I don't I don't know. I I, I kind of
1: we've we, we've seen some signs yeah, of life from them already. I kind
0: I kind of feel yeah. like they could they could finish fifteenth sixteenth. They're not gonna they're gonna be in the relegation fight, but I kind of see them staying up now.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. the The one thing I'll add for Will Hughes is that he, he does have a pretty good goal threat uh, for for a center midfielder. Uh, he's not like an out-and-out attacking midfielder. He usually plays from deeper positions as sort of a box-to-box player and arrives late into the box to score. The The only downside I would say to him is that throughout his career, he's been plagued by injuries, little injuries that he just picks up when he's you know, starting to gain form, whether it's been at Derby in the championship early in his career or even after that when he signed for Watford and was playing in the Premier League. But he's had enough good spells in the Premier League that – He's, he's dispensable at Watford, and you know, Palace need goals. Uh, Edward is obviously brought in to do that, but uh, the, not many players in that squad are going to be providing them with too many goals, uh, other than Conor Gallagher and Eduard. Uh, so it, it's good to get some experience in there. Uh, I don't think he'll be starting for them, but as an option, when they need to, to rest some players, and if he's, if he's fit and healthy, I think Will Hughes could have a, a decent impact for Palace. And uh yeah, so are are they officially out of your relegation picks? Do you wanna update those they at are. all? We did we did they say are. I think we would update our picks. I
0: think I think I'm gonna put I don't wanna say Newcastle, but I'm 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 thinking Newcastle or Southampton. Both of them now are 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 in there for me because Southampton really didn't make that many big signings. I thought they were gonna make another signing. Well, Southampton's or two.
1: taken. I took them. We, yeah. we agreed on Brentford and...
0: No, on Norwich. And, I think Norwich, Watford.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, we agreed on Norwich and Watford. And then you had Palace and I had Southampton. Yeah.
0: I might switch to Newcastle or, or Southampton. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, one of those two. But I, th- I think Palace just barely stay up now.
1: I'm going to say I think, uh, I think Burnley are still in a bit of trouble. I know they've made some signings. Maybe we'll get to them in a little bit. They, uh, fuck it. Let's do it now. I think Burnley are, are in a little bit of trouble. In terms of relegation, they have the oldest team in the league by far. By in terms of average age, they're like the only team in the league that their regular starting eleven they put out is averaging an age you of thirty or over. You never learned your lesson, over. Alex. No, no, no. I've never picked them before to get relegated. I usually learn that lesson early and, and and stick to you know not coming into confrontation with that. But this time, I I think this Max Cornett signing the uh, left winger slash left wing back from Leon that they signed on deadline day. The reason I don't like it is because it it's it, it goes against all the other signings that Burnley usually make. Burnley usually make the signing that you don't give a shit about. They make the signing of like Chris Wood from Leeds when he was in the championship and then he you know blossoms into a great center forward for them. They, they make signings like that that you know, you don't really hear about or think about. And then they end up like paying off like further down the road. Max Cornet is like if you were managing Burnley in FIFA Manager mode, and you were like, "I need a left wing back. I'm bringing in Max Cornet. He's you know, he's flashy. I can get pace down the wing with him." But I think it might like upset a lot of the sort of like established order at, shell, at Burnley. Sorry. And uh, I still think their team is like pretty damn thin. And Sean Dykes is coming into the last year of his deal. They may panic, and if there's a bad run of form, actually fire him or something like that, rather than you know sign him to a new deal. Uh, and whoever that replacement is, it's going to be really hard after so many years of Deich There, he's the longest uh, tenured Premier League manager at the moment. It would be hard for someone to turn that around. So I, I think
0: more with fans, Burnley man, in a relegation battle. But know. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna stick to my three. I'm gonna stick I, to I my uh, Watford, Norwich, and I think Burnley will be in the battle.
0: But I don't. You can't. You can't pick them. You can't pick them to go down. Okay, well,
1: well we heard your uh your pick for best sort of transfer dealing since last time we talked i, I thought you were going to pick uh west ham but i'll use this opportunity to mention them now they obviously brought in kurt Zuma from chelsea it was heartbroken to see him leave but uh, he was in the last year of his deal at chelsea and out of like a uh, the whole back line that's basically in the last year of their deals he was the only one that you know, wasn't really starting regularly like Rudiger and Christensen and Aspilaqueto are, so it, it made sense at this point of his career. I think he's twenty six now. He's been at Chelsea for you know seven years. We had him we signed him from hissenity when he was eighteen. West Ham. Yeah, he's won like a league title with us. He's won the Champions League last year with us. He scored six goals in the league last year. It was very important for us earlier in the season. He makes a West Ham team that was already fucking monstrous on set pieces he makes them even scarier now and i i really like the business they've done that's not the only business they did but you know him alongside i don't even know who they're gonna pair him with they they have plenty of other center backs like ogbana like uh uh, job and uh craig dawson is the one they signed from uh from watford last year who's been playing a lot for them yeah He's 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 a cut above most of those other center backs, and he has the goal threat on set pieces to add to what they have with you know Suček and players like that. So look out if you're uh, a little shaky on uh, set pieces, West Ham are, they're coming for that ass. Um, uh, they didn't they didn't make that Jesse Lingard signing permanent. He looks like he's staying at Man United. But no, they, but they went in... and
0: spent that money on uh, Nikola Vlasic, the the yeah. the Serbian playmaker.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, you may have noticed, recognized the name from Everton a few years ago. Uh, he didn't play too much in the Premier League for them, but he played some Europa League games. Went away to CSK Moscow and tore that league up. And now he's back for something like twenty million. So twenty
0: three. So if he went and got better, he wasn't great on Everton, like you said. So maybe now he's going to be. I don't think even good, good on West Ham.
1: I don't think there's even that much pressure on him to perform in the Premier League right now. The, the, like the signing of Vlasic and Alex Kral, the Czech defensive midfielder that they loaned from Spartak Moscow. Uh both those players have plenty of Europa League uh, experience. I think those signings are more depth and rotation so they can handle the rigors of uh, their first uh, Europa League run since, you know, back when Dmitri Payet was there. So I think it's good business for them. They've uh, they've shored up their defense with uh, Champions League winning center back for a very fair price. I think it was 28 million to get Zuma since he had one year on his deal. That's a great that's a great deal for for West Ham, I think. And then they've also uh, shored up some rotational options for uh, when they do have to play in Europe on midweek because we've talked about that on previous pods for Premier League teams that aren't the you know conventional top six. When they do occasionally get into Europe, whether it's, whether it's Europa League or Champions League, it's a big step up in terms of like your expectations on your squad for handling not only the regular rigors of the Premier League season, but adding to that Thursday nights, you know, traveling away to wherever the fuck they go to in Eastern Europe or something like that. There's always one. So uh, yeah, I think they've they've done a pretty good job over the last few days of uh, you know just bolstering their squad enough without spending too much money what else do we want to talk about here
0: I think Dan, Dan James that's a pretty big signing this 23 million for Leeds for Manchester United I think Oh yeah that
1: was that was probably one of the biggest like prices paid on the deadline day Yeah
0: I think he's he's a he's going to start for them and it's the type of player apparently he was on their radar a couple of years ago Um, Before he signed for Manchester United and he had all the papers paperwork already signed He was ready. He was going to go to Leeds and it fell through literally at the last second So this is kind of like it was always meant to be and I think he's gonna hit the ground running. I think His growth was stunted at Manchester United. He never really got a a consistent run in the side you know, he was always getting dropped for One of the bigger, you know Everyone else on that team that we've talked about already on the spot is a bigger name than him. So I think this is gonna be a team where he can actually get a lot of game time and he his work rate is tremendous. He can run up and down that that either the left or the right wing a lot and you know, Bielsa's gonna probably turn him into a beast and I think he's gonna give a lot of assist to, to Bamford who leads haven't been out their they'll go scoring best yet this season, but I think this is the type of player that can push them back into form.
1: Yeah, I mean in terms of winger options, they now have Rafinha, Jack Harrison, Dan James terms of work rate creativity pace alone that's a pretty good stable of uh of wing options uh, along with you know like you mentioned bamford up top and is Rodrigo. rodrigo's still yep. there the uh yep. yeah the valencia striker yeah that's it's very nice for them so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh i don't know if he starts right away but i, I agree that he could break into that team very easily and with the the sort of frenetic pace and work rate that all those players that Bielsa demands of all those players—it's kind of necessary that you have someone that can come in because I don't think Rafinha and Jack Harrison are going to be able to continue like playing every single game at that high of a pace. So uh, we, we do have to mention that Tottenham—you know—they're a big team; they're top of the league. We do have to mention them. Tottenham did sign uh, Barcelona right back Emerson Royale. He's twenty-two years old. They got him for something like. 20 million the deal came out of nowhere seemingly i hadn't really heard much about him since then but i don't
0: really know too much about him either
1: um there's a lot of good things said about him he spent the last couple of seasons out on loan uh last year he was out on loan at real betis and uh before that uh i think barcelona had bought him from atletico Mineiro in uh in brazil so he's a brazilian uh, wing back. Tottenham also let go of Serge Aurier or they they terminated his contract. I, I think that's probably for the best. He he seems like kind of a you know a penalty waiting to happen, something like that. So uh, now Tottenham they're going to roll into the season with for now Tanganga as their right back. He's done well there so far. Uh, this kid Emerson Royale, and then Matt Doherty, which you know I don't think they're winning the league or you know winning many trophies, but that that lineup Maybe the Conference League, since they're in that. But uh, he's one for the future, for sure. And uh, Barcelona fans all seemed very, I wouldn't say distraught, but very surprised that Emerson Royale left their club because I think a month ago he had expressed his desire to stay at the club and compete for his place with Sergino Dest, that, uh, the American right-back who uh, was bought there last last summer. So may may turn out being something of a coup for Tottenham. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that one because... Uh, Certainly caught my eye. And the other sort of big club I want to mention that had a somewhat significant signing was uh, Leicester. They got uh, Adam ola the uh, winger from uh, Leipzig. They got him on loan for the season. You may remember he was Fulham's best attacking player last season, or if you watched any of Fulham last season, he was the one that jumped out. Uh, what do you think about him? Do you think he's going to make a, a real impact on this squad, or do you, do you think it's kind of like the same thing with West Ham and those signings I mentioned where they just need good, consistent depth for multiple fronts this season. I've
0: never been a Adam Elokman fan, but you know, I know that he's had highlight real goals before in the past for Fulham and for Leipzig, but I've just never, yeah, never been a huge fan of him. He, even back on his Everton days, like, just never, never, never really I know that he, he, he was a FIFA wonder kid, and everyone would always buy him in FIFA, and he would become super good, but I never, I've never seen it in real life. So I, I don't See, know what I, to I think. Was of on,
1: him. I was on the same page. I was but, on the same boat as you, I guess. Last or before he went to. But DeMari Fari.
0: Gray, DeMari, But during that same season,
1: Gray, but he changed my mind.
0: Maybe Demari Gray is already seeming to prove that he's, uh, you know, come come to a, a good team and there to prove a point. Maybe Lokman, Lokman as well. You know, he's getting his chance on a on a good team, and he probably wants to make that deal permanent. You know, Leicester's a big team that that can that's that's on on the up right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'll have Harvey Barnes in front of him to compete with, but Harvey Barnes has proven to be a little injury prone uh, in the past. So who knows? They may get another injury, and all of a sudden he's going to be relied upon to try and keep them in a, a top four race. So anything can happen. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty good loan for them. Any of these other moves you want to mention? I, I'll, I'll mention. I mean, uh, Ka- Mark Ka- Cucurella Ka- signing for Brighton. To, yeah,
0: Kabak for Norwich, Cucurella for Brighton. T- to you know, Kabak is a good, good, nice little centre back for Norwich. Same thing with Williams. All the, all these are loans. Um, Cucurella was permanent for Brighton.
1: Yeah, Mark Cucurella. I will mention he was a. I, I don't think he was a Barcelona academy graduate, but he was one of those players like Pedri, who they signed from Las Palmas. I can't remember where they got Cucurella from, but they signed both of them when they were like very young. Cucurella, when he was like 17 or 16, started loaning him out, and then he was eventually bought by uh, Getafe, where he's played the last couple of years. And, you know, Getafe, there's not many names that jump off the team sheet there, but when you watch them, they're they're a fucking bastard to play against. They're one of the meanest, dirtiest, uh, defensive, counterattacking teams you'll find. He is a wand of a left foot and a great work rate. And I'd put him up there with Junior Firpo, the uh, left back from or left wing back uh, previously of Betis. And they have and him and Lampy,
0: so they have two pretty yeah. good left so backs there. Wow. Brighton
1: have brought uh, Cucurella in for something like fourteen Brighton million have so pounds. So many good
0: defenders. He's,
1: he's 22 years old 23 i think actually and uh yeah the, the the sort of three five two that they've they've shifted to recently it lends itself to when when fit and healthy having cucarella on the left and lampy on the right they're both very athletic and pretty technically skilled as well it's gonna be a, a very effective counterattacking system they just need to you know keep those forwards firing and I think though I think this is actually going to push them away from the the relegation battle. I think they're going to be sort of like a, a lower mid table team, yeah, sort I of agree. in the same neighborhood as, as Wolves. I think so. Good moves by Brighton. Not, nothing too flashy, but if you've, if you've been watching La Liga recently, you'll you'll have known Cucurella is a, a very quality player. Are any other teams you want to mention? Uh, I think you already mentioned Norwich. Well, uh, yeah, back was necessary. Wolves
0: got uh, He Chang Wang on loan from Leipzig. I think with Huang the, Huang He
1: Chang Wang. with
0: the option to buy. He's an exciting. cavier. not a dick, Javier. Yeah, no, he's an exciting Korean, South Korean talent. You know, he from what I've seen. You know, back when he uh, when he was on Salzburg. You know, he him and and and. He was the one always
1: getting. Minamino and, yeah. and uh, Holland. And were, Holland were you know, all, yeah. They were, they excellent were all excellent together. Year. When, and you, when you, they were in the group with Liverpool. And you
0: knew that, you know, he might be snapped up one day. So he's extremely quick. You know, he's got an eye for goal, and he's probably going to be a good backup um, off the bench along with Silva for uh, Jimenez. You know, now they have two good young strikers, and Silva's still only 19. So this is a little bit more of an experienced striker who, you know, the, well,
1: Fabio Silva they sent out on loan, so oh, he's they? not going to be around oh, this season. Oh,
0: well then, yeah. yeah. So then, then Huang is going to get a lot of a lot of game time.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see how that one goes. I, I think they need to hitch their wagon more to getting Jimenez, you know, back backfiring because uh, he look hasn't looked his. Yeah, his United his usual got self. lucky
0: as shit in that game. There was there was some <laughs> bullshit on that VAR call. You know, their goal should have yeah, been chalked I mean, off. To there to should have been a penalty. Have... Dan James had a two footed tackle in the box that was. Clear penalty. I don't know how United got so lucky, but Wolves unlucky to be in the same position as Arsenal with no goals scored, zero points. You know, at the, near the bottom of the table.
1: Only minus three goal difference. Impressive. You know,
0: three one no losses. <laughs>
1: Impressive.
0: But they've had like fifty shots, and in and, e- and in each one of those games, Adama Traore has had one v ones that he's put straight at the keeper or wide. So. You know they just need to Never sort out their finishing. The they Jimenez has looked his movements they're still. He still like looks like a great player. He's just, his finishing is is rusty, but if he gets that back, you, you can tell that Wolves will they'll they'll win some some games this season. And they look like they're they're a fun team to watch. They are nonstop. Yeah. They they like attacking and shooting, and they're a very different team to what they were under uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. So. At least for Wolves fans, there's hope that the, their team is still going to be decent this season, unlike Arsenal, where from the performances, there's no hope. But from our from our signings and our money, there there is some
1: hope. Well, that's a good place to end it. Thank you guys for listening to uh, episode 318 of the Ghost Goal podcast. We're in the middle of an international break right now, so... If you haven't figured it out, there's no games to preview. I mean, we could preview international stuff, but that's just too hectic to try and keep up with. Uh, So we'll take a little bit of a break. We're going to do probably a Continental Catch-Up podcast sometime this weekend. Take a look at all the other big leagues around uh, Europe. And, uh, Some of
0: the other big signings that maybe we haven't yeah, covered yet, stuff teams like to look that. out
1: for. There's been, there's been plenty of movement, not only in the transfer market, but in terms of uh, managers moving clubs in Germany, Italy. There's tons to talk about, so we'll do that. We'll look ahead at the Champions League group stage. Those groups were announced uh, last week, and we'll be kicking off the midweek after the return of Premier League and club football games uh, in a week and a half. So that that's obviously exciting to have Champions League back. Javier, thanks for jumping on this one with me. Uh, late night edition of the Ghost Call Podcast. Ghost Gold Pod After Dark. You can follow us on social media at asmos 92 for my Twitter and Instagram. At JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter. At Ghost Cold Pod for the podcast socials. If you guys could do us a favor and jump over to the Apple Podcasts app. Look up the podcast, Ghost Cold Podcast, obviously. And rate and review and... If you can leave a leave a comment review uh, on the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. It helps uh, new listeners find the pod, so we can grow this thing a little bit more. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, see you.